Well, good Sunday evening, church. Thank you for joining us online tonight. We are coming to this Sunday evening with Front Range Online, and I hope that you've enjoyed the day today with the Lord and with your family, and I pray that God will speak to you even as we go through the Word of God tonight. So gather your family together. Many of you may be with your adult Bible fellowships. You're gathered together with other believers. So open up your Bible tonight to Exodus chapter 2 and then Exodus chapter 18, and we're going to look at a picture in courage tonight. And we're going to see what God has to say to us through this wonderful story in the book of Exodus. Our character tonight, I'll introduce to you in just a moment, but we're going to find him first in Exodus chapter 2 with one name, and we're going to find him in Exodus 18 with another name. In Exodus 2, Moses is fleeing away from Egypt after having killed the Egyptian in an attempt to deliver his people, and the people weren't ready for Moses to deliver them. And so Moses runs to the wilderness. While he's there, he goes to the land of Midian, and there are these girls that are shepherdesses. And uh, that was uh, not altogether uncommon, but it was just not uh, the most common. It was, it was heard of, but this was a man who only had daughters. They were caring for his sheep. And you'll find in Exodus chapter 2 that there was a priest of Midian in verse 16 that had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Reuel, their father, he said, How is it that ye are come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and also drew water enough for us and watered the flock. And he said unto his daughters, Where is he? And why is it that ye have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Uh, so they were out watering these flocks and there was some shepherds that saw them draw the water and said, hey, we're gonna take that water. And Moses stood up and said, no, you're not. And he drove them away, stood up for these girls. He got them some water, got their flocks some water. They watered their flocks and they got home early. And when they told their dad, Raul, about this guy from Egypt who had delivered them, boy, he was like, this is the kind of guy we want around here. Where is he? And they said, well, we didn't bring him. He said, why didn't you bring this guy home? Girls, what's wrong with you? This is a keeper. And so they went and got him. Moses came back and he ate there and was content to dwell with the man. He moved in there and he gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter. And then Moses and Zipporah had two sons. And uh, this is a wonderful story about Moses finding his wife and of course, we could, we could take tonight and preach about the courage that Moses had to stand up to all those shepherds, but that's not the story. We, we're going to see the priest of Midian, Raul. Who is this guy? Well, first of all, who are, who are the Midianites? Well, the Midianites go back to the son of Abraham through his wife, Keturah. After Sarah died, Abraham remarried a lady named Keturah. They had more children. And one of those boys, his name was Midian. And so Midian was a uh, offspring of Abraham. And so down the line, there was a young man in this family of the Midianites who had become a priest. I don't know what kind of priest, but I do know this. 
His name, Reuel, means the friend of God. Remember, Abraham was called a friend of God. And so I don't know exactly what all that means. The Bible doesn't give us a lot of clarification on that, but we can know that by his namesake and through his relationship to Abraham that he most likely had heard of God, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, but, but perhaps he wasn't a follower of God, I don't know. But Moses comes into their life. He gives his daughter Zipporah to Moses. They have two kids. Later, while he's tending those flocks in the wilderness, Moses encounters God at the burning bush. And God sends Moses back to Egypt. He does battle, and you know the story. God delivers them from Egypt across the Red Sea. And somewhere in that battle with Pharaoh, Moses thought it best to send Zipporah and his sons back to the father-in-law for safekeeping because things were pretty hot and heavy in Egypt. And in Exodus chapter 18, they've now come across the Red Sea, and they're now encamped in that Sinai Peninsula around where Mount Sinai would be. And the Bible tells us that Jethro, the priest of Midian, verse 1 of 18, Moses' father-in-law heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and all that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back, and her two sons, of which the name of the one was Gershom, of course, the other was Eliezer and gives the reasons why they had those names. And he brings Zipporah and the two boys back to Moses. And he greets Moses out there. And in verse number seven, Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, did obeisance and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare. How are you? We're doing well. He gets, Moses now is greeting his family and they came into the tent. And Moses sat there and told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake and all the travail that had come upon them by the way and how the Lord delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who hath delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh who hath delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. For in the thing wherein they dwelt proudly, he was above them. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. And Aaron came and all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. Now, this is a wonderful story because in a New Testament sense, this would be what we would call a moment of confession of faith or of salvation. Uh, this was a, a time where Jethro who may have known of God, here makes a confession that God is God alone. The God of Israel is my God, and he is God alone. And here he sits down and communes with God and fellowship with God's people. And in a uh, soteriological sense, this is an act of salvation. And Jethro, we know certainly here, is now a believer in the God of Israel. And so, He's there with Moses. And the next morning, Moses gets up. He goes out and he hears the people in verse 13. He judged the people and the people stood by Moses from morning unto evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, what is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou self alone and all the people stand by thee from morning unto even? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, because the people come unto me to inquire of God. And when we, they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and another, and I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good.
Now, right on the outset, it might sound as though Jethro is a uh, imposing father-in-law, putting his nose in business that isn't his. Moses is the man that God has chosen to lead the children of Israel, and maybe Jethro has no business telling Moses how to do his job. But I want to say tonight that I believe that this is an act of courage on Jethro's part. Jethro was courageously making a reproof or a correction, or an, I would say it better this way, he was making an uh, admonition in Moses' life. He was going to admonish Moses with some things that would actually edify him. And may I just tell you tonight that as New Testament believers, we have a responsibility according to the word of God to admonish one another, to edify one another, to speak the truth and love to one another. And when we see something in another person's life, and by the way, a person um, that we have influence in, a person that we have relationship with, a person that uh, maybe has, we have their respect. Moses made obeisance to his father-in-law, kissed his father-in-law. He knew the respectability of who this man was. And so it wasn't just Jethro bullying his way and telling somebody what they should do with their life. It was Jethro had a position of, of uh, relationship. He had a, a, a position of influence in Moses' life, and he used that influence to edify Moses. And it took some courage to say to Moses, hey, Moses, explain to me what you did. I, I saw what you did yesterday, getting up in the morning, seeing the people, meeting the people, them standing there all day, you hearing all these cases. And why did you do that? Why, what, what were you doing? And he got Moses to answer. Moses said, well, in verse 15, I'm, I'm sitting in the place of God. I, I hear them. And then I go inquire and I tell them what the, what the, the, the oracles of God are and what God would want them to do. And then without any stutter or hesitation, Jethro says, well, Moses, that's not good. That's not good. It's not good for the people. It's not good for you. You're going to wear out and the people are going to fall away. They're not going to always stand here waiting on you to tell them what to do. They're not going to always be waiting to hear from you. And if you sit here in this place and take this upon you, you're going to wear out because Moses, you're not God. And you can't sit in the place of God before the people. He said, what you need to do is you need to go to God. Look at verse number 19. He said, I'm going to give you some counsel and I want you to hearken to it. God, be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. He said, Moses, more than the people need to hear about God from you. They need you to go to God for them. And may I tell you that this is great advice. Sometimes we want to sit around and tell people what to do in their life. But can I tell you, we, a lot of times we just need to pray. And we need to take these cases before God and pray for God and let God do a work in people's lives. Now, Jethro was giving good counsel and saying, Moses, you're taking more on you than you need. You're going to wear away. And, and what you're doing is not good. It's not good for you. It's not good for the people. And you're becoming a man who's taking too much upon you. And here's what's going to happen, Moses. You're going to make all of this about you. And it's not about you. It's about God. And that was great advice and great counsel that Jethro was giving to Moses in this case. He said, Moses, don't think more highly of yourself than you are. God has chosen you, but he's certainly not expecting you to do all of this. So he said to Moses, he said, so Moses, now hear my counsel. I'm going to tell you what I think you should do. Look down in verse number 21, he, or verse number 20. He said, thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws 
and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk and the work that they must do. Now, he said, Moses, you need to be a prayer warrior for them. You need to learn to, to inquire of God for them. Be to them Godward. Take these things to God. And then he said, I want you to be a teacher to them, not just an arbitrator to sit down and tell them what they should do and, and make judgments on, hey, is this guy's goats eating this guy's uh, feed? Is this guy's tent too close to this guy's property? He said, Moses, you're going to wear out if you do all that. He said, so what I want you to do, Moses, is I want you to, to learn to say, Moses, Moses, say to yourself, I'm, I'm going to be the man that takes these things to God. But not only that, I'm going to be an instructor of the people and I'm going to equip people to think the way God thinks, to think in the statutes of God, to think in the ways of God, to think in the laws and ordinance of God so that they'll know how to walk and that they'll know what they need to do. And so Moses, if you can teach them, you're going to help them avoid the problems for you to judge. If you can get people to think godly and you can get people to work godly and you can get people to act according to the laws and the ordinances and the ways of God, it's going to save you a lot more in preventative maintenance than it is in um, emergency services. I heard a sermon years ago called a fence or an ambulance. What should we do? Should we build a fence up here on this cliff or should we just provide an ambulance for those who fall? Well, this is what Jethro was saying. He was saying, Jethro, uh, Jethro said to Moses, Moses, I want you to learn to take these things to God because you need to remember who's really in charge. He is. They're his people, not yours. And if you fall into this sense of the people need to come to me, you're going to take too much upon you. And you're going to begin to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. And Moses, that's not good for you and it's not good for them. And then Moses not only do you need to take these matters to God, but you need to teach these people to think the way God wants them to think. Teach them to work the way God wants them to work. Teach them to behave the way God wants them to behave, and that will prevent a lot of the problems. Now, I want you to know, you can admit tonight, that was great advice. And that may have been hard for Moses to hear, but he needed to hear it. And I want to say that Jethro said it in a very gracious way. So how do you know that? Well, in verse 14, he asked Moses to explain what are you doing? He didn't just march in and say, Moses, you're doing it all wrong. He came and said, Moses, why are you doing it this way? What, what is this thing that you do? Explain it to me. And when Moses explained it, he said, you know, it's not good that you're doing it that way. Moses, let me give you some counsel. Let me give this to you. And by the way, let me show you the, 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 the humility of Jethro. He said in verse number 23, if thou shalt do this thing and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure in all this people. He said, Moses, I'm not trying to usurp authority over you. If you'll listen to this, and if God commands it to be this way, then do it. And if not, you don't have to hear it. You do it God's way. But I'm telling you, I think this is the best way. And you know, God blessed that. God blessed that advice. Jethro took the opportunity to speak up in a very touchy situation to help Moses see something he couldn't see in his own life. You know, that's an act of courage for us as Christians to wisely, humbly, and yet truthfully and lovingly come to somebody and help them to see a better way, the right way, something that they may not see. We all have blind spots in our lives, and to get this counsel was so important. 
And let me just give you something here. He knew that Moses was going to need to duplicate himself. So he said, Moses, here's the kind of people you need to find. Ready for this? And by the way, let me just say this. These are the kind of people in your life that you need to find that will be people who can help you and encourage you and be counselors. We all need people to speak into our lives. These are the kind of people that you need to find. Number one, he said, verse 21, moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men. Find people who are able to speak into your life. You know, sometimes we run to people who are gonna agree with us. Sometimes people come to my office for counsel and I wonder, are you really here for counsel or are you holding a press conference telling me what you're gonna do? Uh, it, find people who are able to speak into your life and let them speak into your life. Don't just go to your peers. Don't just go to somebody uh, who, who's gonna hear you out and agree with you and then, and then just uh, solidify your, your position. You need to go to people who have the ability to speak into your life. Find people who know you and know God and love you and love God who are able to speak into your life. That's, that's exactly what Jethro did. Jethro said, Moses, find able men. Find people who have ability. Listen, <laughs> if you need some financial help, don't go to somebody else who's broke. Don't go to somebody else who has a bunch of debt. Go to somebody who has good financial acumen and ask them for some financial advice. And by the way, ask somebody who has financial acumen who loves God and loves you. And, and they can help you, not just with worldly wisdom, but they can help you with biblical principles because they love God, they love you, and they're able to help you financially with good, sound wisdom. Find able men. Second of all, he said, I want you to find men that fear God. Hey, listen, you know where we need to be getting our counsel and our instruction and our advice are from people who fear God. Listen, don't go to ungodly counselors and people who don't know God to get advice on matters that, that are important in your life. You need to go to people who fear God, who know God, who love God, who revere God, who follow God, who obey God, who, who walk with God in their day-to-day -day lives. That's what the Bible said in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Find people who fear God and will point you back to godly counsel. You know, there's, there are, the book of James tells us there's two types of wisdoms in the world. There's a wisdom of this world, the wisdom that is from beneath, and wisdom that is from above. You need to find people who know how to have wisdom from above. They're able men, they fear God, and notice this, they are men of truth. Find people who speak the truth into your life. Now, the truth is not always easy to hear. The truth can pierce and it can wound. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Sometimes the truth is difficult and it's wounding and it's hurtful to hear, but we need to hear it. And find men who are men who are able, people who fear God, and people who can speak the truth. They're unashamed to just flatter you. They're, they're, they're ashamed to flatter you. They're ashamed to speak soft things to you. They're people who are able to tell you the truth. You know what I need in my life is I need people who can look at me 
who love God, fear God, love me, and are able to speak the truth into my life. It's not always pleasant, but it's absolutely essential. That's the kind of people. And then notice what the Bible says. They hate covetousness. Now, these are people, find people in your life who hate covetousness. They're not looking for gain. They're not looking for what they can get out of it. They're not looking for, ooh, I'm gonna give you counsel so, so that this will work out good for me or that I can make money off of this or whatever. These are people who, they, when you take, when, you, when these people hate covetousness, they're taking themselves out of the equation. Find people who can give you unbiased, unselfish counsel. This has nothing to do with me. This is all for your good. Well, what great advice. Jethro said, Moses, find you some men who have ability. Find men that fear God. Find men that speak truth. Find men that hate covetousness. And can I tell you this tonight? Those are the kind of people you need to have in your life. But not only that, these are the things that you need to aspire to and grow to so that you can be the kind of Christian that can speak into other lives and help other Christians to grow in Christ. Be a person who has ability. Learn, grow, grow in your, in your uh, life. Read, uh, seek wisdom, seek knowledge, find, find ways to grow personally, and then be a person who fears God. Be a person who walks in truth. Be a person who hates covetousness, and God will use you in a great way in his work. And that's exactly what Moses did. Moses set them over different companies and they were able to hear the people and God was able to use them to help Moses. And let me tell you what Moses did. This freed Moses up from hearing the people. He had time now, he had flexibility now. And you know what happens in chapter 19? Listen to this. And in the third month, when the children of Israel were gone out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. And notice verse three, Chapter 19, and Moses went up unto God. And the Lord called unto him out of the mountain. Moses had time to get up on the mountain with God and get what the people needed from God because Moses had the right kind of people in place serving in Israel, helping. It grew those men, it grew the people. It took the burden off of Moses. Moses was freed to get from God what the people needed to get from God. And watch this, watch this. It all came back to Jethro having the courage to have a confrontation with Moses that could have been very painful, but God used it to grow Moses. And I just wanna encourage you tonight. The, the Bible says we're to speak the truth in love to each other. We're to admonish one another. We're to edify one another. We're to speak words that have salt in them, but they're seasoned with grace. And that's how we're to behave with each other and help one another. That's one of the ways that we love one another, and it takes courage to do that. Don't just be a facilitator and somebody that just pats people along on the back and just goes along with what they're doing. Be willing to be a Christian who loves God, loves them enough to be enabled bodied, able-minded, God-fearing, truth-speaking, covetous-hating counselor and friend in the work of God. And God will use you to do that. I hope that you'll take this and listen to it. Let God use you. And by the way, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can't know any of these things. And the truth that you need to hear tonight is you need to come to Jesus Christ by faith, repenting and turning to him in faith, 
trusting him as your Lord and Savior, his finished work on the cross, his resurrection from the grave is the payment for your sin. And you need to receive him as your Lord and Savior and then walk in truth and live for Jesus Christ. Let God speak to your heart tonight. Let God use this message to help you be a, a Christian that can encourage others and edify the cause of Christ. Lord, bless the service, bless the message, bless your word, encourage your people, and may we love others enough to have courage to speak truth into each other's life. Bless this time, bless your word, bless our people. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church.